so I have a few sort of pointers that I kind of want to go off of and I'm kind of just winking it. <laughs> I'm kind of just winging it at this point, but there are some topics that I do want to cover. Um, that's kind of just been on my mind uh, lately. Um, for one thing, I guess just the pandemic that we're in and isolation. Oh, what a fun topic. Just being isolated from everyone else. Um, I think it's really starting to hit a lot of people now where it's kind of the realization like we thought this was going to be over by the beginning of 2021 and we're just coming up on like the one year anniversary the one year anniversary of coronavirus as morbid as that sounds but uh in america i don't know where it is like in other countries but in america it it's still pretty rampant uh still pretty rampant here and a lot of people are just wondering when it's going to end and it sucks. You know, every time we want to hang out with friends, we're like, oh, when coronavirus ends or when this is all over. But I feel like I keep hearing myself repeating that phrase to a lot of my friends when this is over, when this is over. And it feels a little hopeless, doesn't it? Like, like, there's no end in sight, but there will be an end. But in the moment, it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel good. Like, we all have to occupy ourselves, or I think everybody is going through a forced midlife crisis type of thing. Like, what, what is my purpose? What is my purpose on earth? What am I doing here? What am I doing with my life? And... That's kind of the reason why I kind of wanted to make this podcast is because I've always been dreaming about making a podcast for a while, at least with some of my friends or anything like that. And I realized no one was going to do it for me or no one was going to like get me into it unless I took the first steps to doing it myself. And that's not to say like, oh, my friends are lazy or anything, or like, I don't know that many people, but it's just kind of a wake-up call to me that if I really want to do something, if I want to do something, I can't just only dream about it, you know? Like, I have to go out and do it. And I have that kind of mindset with doing this podcast, um, trying to make trying to make travel vlogs. Obviously, I can't uh, right now, but maybe with old footage that I've dug up from like, oh gosh, like 2017, I found like some old New York footage that I possibly want to edit um, and possibly just get just get practice before I go to my my lifelong dream of going to Japan and just filming and seeing the sights there and editing everything that I feel like that's going to be a good video. But I think it'll be okay. I find myself telling myself that a lot, that it's all going to be okay. And it will be. I think in the meantime, however, we just have to find new hobbies to kind of take care of ourselves with. Like I picked up crocheting like in the summer of last year. 
because I was like that bored and my mom, she was like getting more into it. And she was like, you should really get into it. I think you would like it. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And then I end up, I am just really liking it a lot. And when I found out that you can make like little stuffed animals, oh, that was a game changer. Like, oh, I don't have to just make scarves and beanies. I can make like fun little gifts for my friends. That's really cool. And yeah, that's uh, that's good. It's always good to have like a hobby that's not just technology technological because people say oh i play video games as a hobby and it's like grow up <laughs> okay no no don't grow up because i play video games but i want to consider that a hobby i would say it's it's like it's kind of looked down upon you know oh video games is a hobby it's it's nice to have a hobby where you can create something you know um like this podcast that I'm doing. Ooh, like video making. Um, what else? It's not really a hobby, but I've been getting into meditation as well because uh, there's so many like news and like the pandemic and everything. And you just, you just have to like detox, you know, like every day. And I've been feeling a lot happier every day. Um, I've been staying away from social media as well because I feel like social media is just a rabbit hole that you kind of just, you're never going to dig yourself out of once you get really, really, really into it. In terms of anything else in isolation, I feel like I've managed pretty well. Um, I don't know about all of my more extroverted friends that feel like they feel a little bit like, oh, when is when is everything going to come back? I want to go out. I want to go party. Or I want to go hang out with all of my friends and all that stuff. So I feel like at times I feel like it's, it's not the best being introverted because you don't really have great social skills. But it is nice to have, like, times of quiet to yourself. Here's how I would phrase it. Me speaking with my cousin because we're both pretty introverted. It's kind of like you have to recharge after a while uh, when hanging out with friends. Um, Even though extroverted people, they do feed off their energy from other people. Introverts have to kind of, they kind of have to store their own energy and then exert that into the world. And then when they run out, they have to go back and recharge, whether that be doing stuff like, I don't know, their own thing, their own hobbies. They, They just need to recharge. But this isolation has made me feel like I'm, like, at 100%, full charge all the time. And it's just kind of like, dang, what am I going to hang out with some friends all of a sudden, you know? So, yeah. I mean, introverts have it just as bad, I I think, as extroverts. Just because we're all social people uh, by nature. So, it's normal to miss your friends. That's fine. In topics of isolation, I do want to obviously talk about um, this state of virtual reality because I've been, that's another thing that I got super into during the pandemic is um, virtual reality. I bought myself an Oculus Quest 1 and then four months later, they announced the Oculus Quest 2, which I am a little bit salty about, but I am 
perfectly content with my first one because I do kind of prefer the color black anyway over the white color. But I'm also trying to just justify why my purchase was right. <laughs> I think VR is looking pretty all right right now. Like, like here's how I phrase it to my wife. We are kind of in the N64 phase of VR. And in 10 or 20 years, it's going to look amazing. And it's not going to be just a toaster on your head. It's going to have like, it's going to be lightweight glasses type of deal. And I know Apple is, there's been rumblings, right, with Apple that they're making VR glasses. Apple being Apple, it's it's going to be priced pretty high, uh, like $3,000 or something. Like three times the amount of like the cheapest MacBook Air you can find probably. And I'm just like, that's great. I'm going to love watching that uh, on YouTube because I'm not going to be able to experience that for myself. I also wonder how they're going to demo it. Like, are you going to have to, especially now with the pandemic, are you going to have to reserve and pay like a little fee to demo it in the store? Or is it really going to be first come, first serve? And then they're going to sanitize after every person. Um, I'm just wondering how you're going to market and get that into people's hands if you're really trying to get into this market. And from from the rumors and the somewhat, uh, I don't know if they're real or fake prototype images, but they look pretty, they, bl- they look like goggles. They straight up just look like goggles. Um, like nice goggles too. And I hope this really pushes VR into the mainstream a little bit more. I would argue it is kind of already in the mainstream, but not so many people are too into it. Or like, I think when people think of VR, they think of like phone VR or something like that. Like the worst kind of VR, right? Uh, Like three degrees of freedom instead of six degrees. Uh, when I when I mean three degrees of freedom, I mean you only look around and you can't really move. You just move your head and you're like, wow, this this feels like I'm in VR. But with six degrees of freedom, you can actually move your body and look all around you. That's what real VR is. And you can like walk around in the world and it's immersive. It's actually immersive. The game that I'm really playing, or the two games I'm playing at the moment, uh, is Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Um, for the quest and also not an official quest title but it's a side quest Um, side quest is like offloading apps that's not officially in the oculus ecosystem by the way so i would have to pre-install side quest uh, manually through like my computer into my vr set and then i can get custom programs that way and a custom program that i I'm loving right now is Attack on Quest, which is essentially a Attack on Titan simulator. It's kind of amazing. It's it's pretty great. I um I never thought I would see the day <laughs> when I could uh, defeat a Titan because the first time I saw Attack on Titan was it's got to be like when it released in 2011 or 2012. It was like the beginning of my high school year, right? And I was watching on Netflix and I was like, wow, like the ODM gear where you're like maneuvering around and you're like Spider-Manning all over the place. Um, 
surely, surely you've heard of V, uh, not VR. Surely you've heard of Attack on Titan if you're listening to my podcast, because I, I feel like you'd have to be living underneath a rock to not really know Attack on Titan. Um, but no one at the time was really like, oh, how would that feel? I think there are some video games that try to replicate that, but being immersed in it is way different. Um, I never really get tired of it. It's so, it's so nice just to swing around Shiganshina, uh, the uh, city in Attack on Titan, and just like kill Titans. The Titans could use some work. The models are a little bit primitive, um, but it gets the job done. It's it's really like like I said before. It's really in the N sixty four stage, and it's free. You can't you can't knock a program or a game for being kind of like a free open source type of deal, you know? So attack on quest. Uh, if you have a quest and you have side quest or you don't have side quest, uh, get yourself a cable and get yourself attack on quest. Cause it is, it's pretty fun. It's like Spider-Man and killing big, big boys <laughs> it is the best thing I can say about it. So there's that. And then the other game is Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which I've already completed the main storyline, which I think took me about 15 to 20 hours. Um, I think inconsistently, like on and off days, it took me a whole month um, to complete it. And it is it is chock full of content. And there's still... I still love exploring it. Even, af- even the after, um, after the plot, the main plot is all finished. You can still explore everything, and I'm just still doing it. I'm trying to find more supplies and trying to find all these uh, secrets within the world itself, like secret codes for safes and all that stuff. Um, for the average listener that that doesn't really know what Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is, you kind of look at it from the outside, and you're like, it's just a zombie VR game. You know, what 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 is so different about this zombie game that I haven't seen in other zombie games? Well, it is, first of all, it is immersive. So you have like your holsters, your guns on the side of your hips, and you have like, you can carry weapons on your back. So you can reach all the way from your shoulder to get like a, a bat that you crafted or you picked up or a shotgun or something like that. And the great thing about this game is that your progression is super, um, it's satisfying. Like you start out with just like the worst kind of weapons, right? Like, like you can kill zombies. You have to be really creative in the beginning. Like you have to kill zombies with spoons that you find or like a screwdriver or just like you have to make shift a shiv with, um, with materials that you find throughout the world. So there's like a whole crafting system and everything where you have to gather like wood or uh, metal scraps and you can essentially create your own knives and such. And it's just the progression from that to like later down the road, being able to craft guns or being able to craft a bow and using your bow to kill zombies or crafting, I don't know, special bombs to distract zombies and, and just kill them. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's a nice experience. I kind of think of it like not so linear, 
uh, kind of like sandboxy every single map um, you go to because the whole thing is set in New Orleans, right? And there's different kind of sec- sections of New Orleans that you can kind of run around and um, explore, even though it is kind of boxed off. Like, obviously, it's not too open world. Uh, you have some branching streets that you can go off of, but just the exploration of going into like houses or um, seeing like, oh my gosh, there's a zombie over there. Um, what am I going to do? I only have a screwdriver. And there's also um, factions within the game too. So there's like these, there's these two main factions, I believe it's like the Reclaimed and the Tower. And so the Tower is... I. I I honestly didn't really pay attention. I know one of them is like supposed to be the quote unquote bad guys of the game. And the other one's supposed to be like the good guys slash rebels of the game. And it really, um, throughout the plot, you get to actually invest yourself in this faction or you can just not deal with them at all. You know, you can either be a neutral force or you can go on one side or the other, but the story will progress no matter how you do whatever, which is great. I think it's really cool and it really gives you a lot of freedom in this game too. Like the main people that you take quests from, if you really wanted to, you could just shoot them like straight up in the head and then just have the key to the end of the game or something like that. If you want to be, um, if you don't really want to enjoy the story and you just kind of want to get straight to it, uh, you could do that. You'd be losing out a lot of content, but you can in theory do that. I'm just thinking about it right now, and I think I I do want to go back through the game again, but try to do other different um, storyline branches that could possibly change. Cause, because my first run through the game, I was kind of playing this kind of nice guy-ish, or like, oh, I'm a tough guy, but I'm like a, a good-ish guy at heart. I think my next run, I kind of want to be like, no, fuck you, I'm an asshole, <laughs> kind of like a thing. Cause it's kind of just living out like a fantasy that you would never want to do otherwise. And it's, it's a good game. It's a really good game. Nothing is so exhilarating, like trying to shoot a zombie with your gun that's in your holster, except uh Oh, you shoot. And then your gun is jammed all of a sudden. And then you got to unjam it. Like you actually got to cock the gun again. And then you shoot. Uh Oh, it's broken. What are you going to do? Improvise. Okay. Um, look into my backpack. I found this, uh, shiv that I, uh, that I got, I got to stab this guy with the, with a shiv, but now, uh Oh, there's like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of improvisation, improvisation that goes into this game sometimes, uh, when you're, when you're not prepared. And I think that's a really cool feeling. Um, that kind of sense of immersion, like trying to gather all these resources, trying to make sure that you're not wasting any of your resources. And it's great. I'm at the point right now where I'm kind of at a good place in terms of my weapons, but I brought my VR set over to my wife's place. And she said, hey, you should try to like not use anything like don't use any weapons and see how much you've learned uh and try to overtake this death squad in um in the game and i didn't really get far (laughs) to be honest it was kind of it was a little hard uh but i had like this whole like improvisation plan like oh okay maybe i can just kill these guys with like a screwdriver or a spoon and then i can like yada 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 kind of kind of like hardcore mode um 
it was really interesting trying to figure out all that stuff but alas i didn't make it that far but it's okay i think it's a good game if you're uh debating about getting it uh otherwise if you don't have vr then i mean i'm just kind of talking to no one <laughs> right now um but i highly recommend if you if you do have uh the money vr right now is getting pretty good and especially with the oculus quest 2 um th- there's controversy about like facebook stealing your data that's whatever um i'm not going to get really into that cuz i feel like i think just in general i think our information is just when once you sign up for anything on the internet i feel like your information is just out there um, I feel like there's no escaping it. It's just a matter of the hackers winning the lottery when they pull out your name because there's just too much personal information out there. Uh, that's how I see it. So if you're willing to like have your Facebook connected, and then I think it's a good time. Um, I've never played the Quest 2, but from from what I've seen and heard, it it looks way better than the first one, and it's a lot cheaper uh, again, you can hear like the saltiness coming out of my my mouth because I I'm a little bit salty, but not too salty. Or you can just be like my wife and just wait like 20 years until they get like glasses status. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's good. I think that's a. I I just wanted to talk a little bit uh, for. Just just to get stuff off my mind, because I just like talking. I just really like talking. I really like talking. All right, I should probably end it. Later.